Good morning. Welcome this Thursday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. I want to just say one thing this morning before we start. Uh, The internet is actually not working in our area, so if this cuts off or the message winds up actually being shorter, well, I, I can blame it literally on the internet. It took a while just to be able to connect. Well, anyway, getting back to our message, to our teaching, we were looking at, if you joined us yesterday... We're talking about how Jesus suffered in so many ways and he explained to his disciples how it was written of him that he was going to have to suffer. He was going to go through these things and we're going to pick up exactly where we left off and we're going to add some things from the New Testament, especially the writings and the epistles of the Apostle Paul, to help us understand a little bit more what was taking place. There is so much that took place during those hours and during those three days uh, right before Jesus was going through his judgment and was crucified. And then after his death and burial and his resurrection, there is vast amounts of uh, material in the scripture. So anyway, uh, let's read in Luke chapter 22, verse 15. And he said unto them, With desire I have desire to eat this Passover with you, Before I suffer. And we've been mentioning that the word suffer there is the exact same word, no variation, uh, G3958. And basically it does mean uh, to go through uh, a sensation or an impression of something that is very painful. In this case, his flesh did suffer upon the cross. His soul suffered being made atonement for our sins. And of course, his spirit having gone down into the lower parts of the earth, being separated from God, uh, from his physical body, during the time that he died, in which he said, uh, into your hands do I give or deliver my spirit. Then it says in the book of Acts, in chapter 3, verse 18, the apostle picked up on the very things that Jesus said, that were going to happen to him, all the suffering that he was going to go through, that which was written beforehand. So when we listen to the apostles in the book of Acts, talking about the sufferings of Christ, this is what they have to say in chapter 3, verse 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. So if we look at this, and Jesus himself said, if I have gone through this, you will have to go through. If they have done this to me, they will do it to you. If I am your example, then follow it. Then it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame For his name. And notice, it's for the name of Jesus. It's for the gospel's sake. It is because we are believers in him that many do and will suffer. In Romans chapter 8 verse 17, it says, And if children, then heirs. And if heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, 
that we will also be glorified together. So once again, we go to as the master, so uh, is the servant. And then it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, For even hereunto you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So once again, this should not catch us by surprise. This shouldn't be something, oh, why, you know, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? There are things that happen because of the devil. There are things that happen because we open certain doors and circumstances. But there are things that happen because they're going to be part of our development as far as the world is concerned and they rejecting us, rejecting the word, rejecting Christ and persecuting uh, basically doing whatever they feel like it, even putting many believers to death across the world, it is part of the example. In other words, if if you are not ready to take up your cross and die for him daily, then chances are you will not be ready to pick up your cross and die for him if that's what the master calls for. So consider that. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, and it's the same word that we've been using, he threatened not. In other words, he said, oh, wait till I resurrect, I'm going to get you. No. In fact, his words were, forgive them, they know not what they do. But then it says, uh, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. In 1 Peter 3.14 But, and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be ye troubled. So here we are told, okay, if we are Christians and we are going to suffer because of their, their, their persecutions and their false accusations and judgments against us, then Jesus or, or the apostle wrote, don't be afraid of their terror. And basically the word uh, terror there that is used, uh, don't be alarmed, don't be afraid, don't fear, don't, don't be exceedingly afraid, uh, neither be troubled. And, and the word troubled there simply means don't be agitated. Uh, just, just trust in him to bring you through however he has to bring you through. In 1 Peter 3.18, it says, For Christ also has once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. Now, we had read yesterday in the Scripture that in the days of His flesh, and we, when, we, when we use the terminology in the days of His flesh, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it says, who in the days of His flesh, 
when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. The word there, in the days of his flesh, is not like when we would say, well, in the days of my flesh. There is no the days of in my flesh. All my days are in the flesh. I, I, I'm going to be in this body till either I'm raptured or I'm six feet underground. But Jesus, it's a very specific term, in the days of his flesh. Remember, he is the Son of God, incarnate as the Son of Man. He being the Word became flesh. He took on a fleshy tabernacle and he dwelt amongst us. So in the days that the Son of God lived as the Son of Man in a physical body, He offered prayers. And we have to take special consideration as to how holy those prayers were, how earnest those prayers were, how faith-filled those prayers were, those strong cryings. It was coming out from the deepest part of His soul and of his heart and his entire being. And he trusted in the one that was going to be able to save him in that he was heard because he reverenced God. Even though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So as we continue and look at what Jesus went through, the scripture says, who was put to death in the flesh. Now, here we have to make a special comment because many do actually as the Antichrist spirit is upon this earth contradict that it was, Jesus did not come as the Son of God in the flesh. It could have been anything from he was an angel, he was some type of another manifestation, but he was not God, he is denied. There is no way that God can have a son they reject the very fact and the very thought. But the scripture says, being put to death in the flesh. Jesus, the Son of God, in the flesh, as the Son of Man, He was quickened by the Spirit of God. There where He was in the underworld, and He was, I'm going to use the word, anointed by the Spirit of God to take the keys of death and hell and the grave itself and be able to come up. But he faced all the principalities at the cross. He faced Satan himself, not just at the wilderness, those 40 days that he was fasting, but he faced him once again when he that had the power of death, which was the devil, and was able to be brought into the underworld, Jesus on the third day was quickened, made alive by the Spirit of God, and his body and his spirit were reunited, his body glorified, and the glory that the Master had before once again restored to his physical body that had now been glorified, and he is ready to ascend into heaven and present his blood before the Holy of Holies, but at the same time, he's going in there as our high priest. But at the same time, his soul has already made atonement. 
He has poured out his soul for a sacrifice, for sin, for all of humanity. Not one or two, three or four people, but every single human being. To have an opportunity to spend eternity with Jesus, with the Father in heaven. So being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. It says in 1 Peter, in chapter 4, in verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And in that he suffered in the flesh and conquered death and hell and arose from the dead, not only does he ever live to make intercession for us, if on earth while in the flesh he made intercessions that were absolutely awesome, how much more now as our high priest at the right hand of the Father. We have a right. We have a high priest. Consider him. Consider Jesus. Consider all that he went through. Consider what price was paid. And it says, arm yourselves with the same type of thinking. Arm yourselves. Seen then, Hebrews 4.14, seen then that we have a great high priest, not just a priest or a, not just a high priest, but we have, remember we made the emphasis on the word have, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, our confession, our agreement, our acknowledgement. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, but yet without sin. This is what makes the difference. Who in the days of his flesh he suffered, arm yourselves with the same mind, with the same type of thinking, with the same thoughtfulness, with the same moral understanding, with the same intent that I will have to suffer. If it means suffering, resisting sin, I will have to suffer. You will have to suffer. If it means I will have to suffer because of persecution, then I will have to suffer and we will have to suffer. But we're not abandoned. We're not alone. He is with us. And I made the statement yesterday, we live in the climate where these things are getting closer and closer, where we, the Christian, will be targeted in the near future and even in the present. So consider this food for thought and for the imagination. But until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.